Thanks, Wilbert. Thank you, ladies. How's everybody doing? Good? Hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name's... All right. Let's all... There we go. <laughs> if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, Merry Christmas. You can say Merry Christmas. There you go. Those of you in the room, those of you who are watching online, you can say it to your screen. We're really happy about that. Um, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here to be part of the beginning of our Christmas celebration, Christ Community Church. Happy December. Merry Christmas month. Um, it's going to be a fun walk towards Christmas celebration together, so glad we get to be part of it. Um, this week, I read a cute little story. It was, it was written and told as true. A um, Sunday school teacher, a kid's Sunday school teacher, was telling the Christmas story to her class. And there was one little kid in the class that seemed to be hearing this story for the first time. And just eyes open and, and ears definitely paying attention. And the teacher was talking about how the angel had appeared to Mary and was telling Mary like, how she was gonna be part of God bringing his son into the world. And, and so this little kid who appeared not to have heard this before was just, you know, was, couldn't believe what she was hearing, and, and then after the, after the teacher finished telling the story to the class, one of the other little kids in the class, who'd obviously heard the story before, one of the other little kids in the class raised their hand and asked the teacher, teacher, what do you think Mary wanted after the angel left her? So the angel told her she was gonna be part of bringing God's son in the world, and then the angel left. So what do you think Mary wanted after the angel left her. And so this little kid who appeared never heard the story before piped up and the little kid says, I'm betting she wanted some help from Joseph. Yeah, I'm betting she did too. I just love that perspective of people who've never heard this story before. And so um, if that's you, like if, if, this is, if this is all new to you, if this is, is this your first Christmas to be hearing the Bible's version of the Christmas story, I'm so excited for you this year. Um, this, is, this is a story of it's a story of generosity and kindness, and it's a story of worship, and it is, is a story about friendship and about blessing, and, and if you're new to all these things, there's, there's so much goodness for you as we head towards our Christmas Day celebrations, as you get to experience this from the Bible's point of view for the first time, and so, so welcome, and we're re really glad you're part of it. If you're like me, if you're hearing this story again, I'm really excited for us, too. Um, some things are worth repeating, and some things are worth hearing again. And so we need to be reminded, we get to be reminded over this Christmas season that this is, this is a story of worship and of generosity and of blessing and of friendship and of life and of hope. And we get to engage with that this month and be renewed in our faith and in our wonder and awe over who God is and what he has done for us. And so this is gonna be a great Christmas celebration together. And so what we're gonna do is we kick off this series that we're in, we're just calling it Christmas time, and we're gonna be reminded over these next few weeks of some things that Christmas is time for. And I wanna begin that this weekend with you talking about how Christmas is a time for worship. In the accounts around Jesus' birth in the Bible, they are just, it is just so much worship happening. The people, who, the people who encounter Jesus, the people who encounter the telling of the story the people who are involved everywhere you turn, if you're reading through every page you turn, every little vignette you look at in the Bible as it talks about Jesus coming, it's, it's a story of worship. And so for us to be reminded that Christmas is a time for worship, first and foremost, it's a time for the worship of Jesus. 
And it's a time for a lot of other things too. It's time for family and friends and presents and food and all the good stuff. And, and we should do that and we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna enjoy all of those things. But if we miss this part of Christmas being a time for worship, we really miss, we miss the heart of Christmas for us. And, and we, we might get the fluff of it, but we miss the substance of Christmas time. And so I just wanna remind us together this weekend that Christmas is a time for worship. And so what we're gonna do together is we're gonna talk about a couple of different vignettes from the gospel accounts of Jesus' birth. I wanna, I wanna share with you, just kind of let you, we'll read through some stuff and make some observations for you about what worship might look like for you during this Christmas season. And then, and then we'll wrap all this up with, I'm gonna give you a couple resources that our pastoral team has put together to help this month be a month of worship for you. So, so jumping into this, let me give you a definition of worship as we start, start all these things. You may have heard this before, we've talked about it before. Worship is our joyful response to who God is and what he's done. Worship's our joyful response to who God is and what he has done. And in his kindness, what God has done for us is he has, he has let us know through the Bible like what kind of worship he wants. You and I don't just get to decide, well, hey, today, this is worship, like, we're the, we're the worshipers. And so we have the opportunity, the joy, and the privilege to be able to respond to God joyfully in ways that honor him, that he says, I desire this kind of worship. And again, we get to see that as we make our way through these different stories in the scripture tonight. So I wanna start in the Gospel of Luke, chapter two. And this is, this is probably the most familiar sections of the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph, have traveled to Bethlehem to be counted in the census that the Roman governor was taking, at the, the Roman emperor was taking at that time. And so they are in Bethlehem in Luke chapter two, starting in verse six. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. They were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them, gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. See this thing that's happened, which the Lord's told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who's lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So before we jump into like some things that you and I could take away from worship, let's, I, wanna, I wanna point out Something that to me is like, this is just amazing because the angel says that this is, this is good news that brings great joy for all the people. Like for all the people, and, and let's not miss that, for all the people. So the angelic hosts come from heaven 
to declare the birth of Savior, and you notice who they declare it to, to shepherds. And we might read right past that in our day and age, in our culture, but in, in the time this was written, in the time those angels appeared to those shepherds, like that's the statement in appearing to the shepherds, that this is good news, great joy for all the people. Because in the social stratosphere of, of that day and that time, shepherds were at the bottom. These were, these were guys who, they lived outside, so, so they were, you know, like they were dirty because they lived outside and they slept on the ground and there were bugs around, like, so they were, they were dirty. They were constantly in contact with livestock and so they smelled like sheep. They, they were unclean religiously. They came into contact with dead things and they had to fight. Like these were, this was a rough group of people. And, and the angels show up to this rough group of people and declare to them that a savior has been born to you. And if, if this savior has been born to people like shepherds, then this savior has been born for all of us. If the shepherds get to be included in this deal, so do you and I. And so what you gotta know at Christmas time, this is good news of great joy for all the people, a savior has been born to you. So I love this, I love this ancient prophecy. It's Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. It's speaking about Jesus and it's speaking about the time in which he was born and going forward from that into the time in our day. Isaiah the prophet looking forward seven, 800 years writes about Jesus. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I don't know if you've ever experienced like that, been just so aware of, of spiritual darkness. Like you just, you just kind of wake up at some point and you realize that, that I'm walking in darkness. Like I can't, I can't see where I'm going. I can't see the next step in front of me. I don't know. Like I am lost in this, in this deep darkness. If you haven't experienced that, then maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but if, you have, if you've experienced a moment where you just kind of looked up and you knew about yourself, what was true about yourself was that I am lost in the dark. Okay, spiritually speaking, I am lost in the dark. I am, I am on my own, I have no idea where do I turn from help, and if you have experienced that moment where the light not, not just a light, but the light, the light of Jesus dawned into your life. Like this, is, this is a moment that leads to worship, where people who, who have walked in darkness have seen a great light, and on those who are living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. And Jesus is, he is the light of the world. And Christmas time reminds us of that, that, that if we are walking in darkness, if I'm describing you right now, if you, if you just said, wow, that is like, that is how I feel. Like I am lost in the dark. Spiritually speaking, I'm lost in the dark and I don't know where to go and I don't know which way to turn. It, there's a light for you and the light is Jesus. And so you and I have this tremendous opportunity to, to either for new or to be renewed in this, being reminded that, that when we are lost in the dark, when, when we were without hope in the world, a light has come to us. People like us, walking in darkness, have seen a great light. And on people who are living in the land of darkness, the light has dawned to us. A savior has been born. And because this Savior has been born, this gift from God has been given to us, 
the proper response of our heart is worship. It's a joyful response to who God is, what he's done. And so read through this account of the angels appearing to the shepherds. There's a number of things that are happening. And as you ponder for yourself what worship might look like this month, an opportunity maybe to, to restart some things that have, have fallen out of your life in the busyness of the season, or maybe some things have gotten stale and you're like, hey, I wanna, I wanna try something new. These are some ideas for you that, that maybe this will help you take some next steps. You and your family grow as worshipers during this, this Christmas season. So the first thing that happens, I've got the two words there for you, they're just ascribing and describing. So this is part of worship. Ascribing is, is saying things to God about him. It's stuff he already knows, but it's okay for you to, to talk to him about his glory, his beauty, his wisdom. Like For you, the things that you know about God, the things that you know to be true about God, for you to say those things to him in a joyful, worshipful response to how he has made himself known to you. There's Part of worship is, is how we how we talk directly to God about who he is, or joyfully responding to him, how he's made himself known to us. Then the other word they're describing, that's how we talk to each other. We have awesome opportunities during the Christmas season to, to describe to one another who we've seen God to be, how his son Jesus has stepped into our life, this light that we are now seeing and getting to live in. Like we, get to, we get to hold this out to one another and as we describe the work that God has done in our lives, that's our joyful response to him. And so, so ascribing and describing are, are acts of worship on our part. It's okay to talk to God about who he is, about what you see in him and what you appreciate from him and what you love about him. It's a great thing to do that and to talk to the people who are in your circle, those of us who are shaking our head yes at you and saying, yeah, us too, we feel the same way. That's, that's part of worship. Um, exploring in faith. As I was reading through this in prep for our time together, the shepherds, they, they, hear, this, they hear this statement of there's, there's this baby that's been born, like God has stepped into our world and this baby has been born and this is the sign to you. You're gonna find a baby wrapped in claws lying in a manger and they look at each other and they say, hey, let's go and see. Let's go and see this thing that we've been told about. They heard something, and instead of like saying, oh, that sounds cool, and walking back to their flocks, they looked at each other and said, Let, like, let's, go, let's go check this out. This sounds true. Let's, let's take a risk. Let's leave the flock. Let's go and see what we could find, what we could learn, what we could know, what we could do because of this truth statement. And Christmas is a great time, like the Christmas season is a great time to explore in faith, to, to try something new that maybe you haven't tried before in your relationship with God, to, to seek something out, to learn something that maybe you've always been a little bit curious about and you're not exactly sure, or to, to go meet somebody or do something. Like this is a great time to explore in faith, and as you're exploring in faith, that's an act of worship. You've, you've heard God say something to you and, and instead of just kind of sitting back and saying, yeah, all right, I'm gonna chase that out and I'm gonna go learn and I'm gonna go do and I'm gonna get to, like, I'm gonna get to participate in something newer because I'm exploring in faith. Exploring in faith is a huge act of worship. The third one, spreading the word. When they saw, those shepherds, when they saw, they started talking. Hey, everybody they encountered on the way back to the flocks, people that they knew, they told people what they had seen, what they had experienced, 
what the angels had said, how they found it to be true about this baby. Like they spread the word about what they had encountered and who they had learned about who God is and what he had done for them and for us. And, and spreading the word, talking to other people about who God is and what he's done, like that is worship. Okay, I, just, I could offer, like if worship, if the root of that word is about worth, about value, like Jesus is worthy of being talked about. He's worthy of being talked about in our homes. He's worthy of being talked about in our workplace, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. Like he is worthy of being talked about in families and the circles in which you and I get to run. And it is, it is honoring, it is worship to him as we joyfully respond to the work he's doing in our lives by telling other people about what he might be able to do for them. So spreading the word. That fourth one there is being amazed. Being amazed at, at who God is and what he has done. The shepherds were in amazement at the angelic beings about the truth of that, and as they spread the word, the people who heard what they were saying, they were amazed. And, and as we get older, as we go along in life, we lose the ability to be amazed at things. I was processing this one and thinking about, it's a lot easier for me to hear something amazing or see something amazing that God has done that should be amazing, but to start backing it up and asking questions and wondering, like not being willing to accept the supernatural explanation and wondering like how and why did this really happen? And maybe I'm too cynical, but I think most of us have that tendency, especially as we see more and more things and maybe we get exposed to some artificial or fake stuff but just to be willing to be amazed. And Charles Wesley described worship as being lost in wonder and love and praise about willingness just to step back and check our cynicism at the door and be amazed at what God has done and what he is doing. And if you're like me, you've lost some of that ability to be amazed. This, this is a chance to reclaim a little bit of that over this Christmas season, so to be amazed. And then the last one from this little vignette I love this from Mary. She's, she's experiencing all these things. She's experiencing so much. And, and her response this time is she, she treasures and ponders these things in her heart. And there's just some stuff that needs to be treasured and pondered. And, and as, as you read through the scriptures, as you engage in prayer, as you talk with other people, as God makes himself known to you, Sometimes we, sometimes we get to be part of some stuff that, that we know it's significant, but we don't know why it's significant. Or we just have this like, I need to remember this. Like This is one of the things I need to remember and maybe at a future date I'm gonna like, why this feels so important right now in this moment, but to, to be able to treasure and to ponder and I would suggest to you that some of that stuff needs to be written down. For us to, to see some things and engage in some things that God's done, he's doing, and our, our joyful response to him and that is just is to write some of these things down so that we can hold on to them and we can mull them over and we can, we can wonder in faith, we can wonder what it is he's got going on and what he's, what he's doing for us and around us so that we get to, like, it makes more sense as, as things unfold. And so, so a joyful response from the shepherds to the angels might look like some of these things. 
for you, and I, th- I think as you, as you ponder through, some of these might be resonating with you of like, okay, so this is the one I need to hold on to over this season of worship. So from the, the, the angels to the shepherds, this is Savior's been born to you. The second vignette I wanna talk about tonight. This one happened a little while after Jesus was born, and historians tell us it might have been as long as two years, but it's still part of what we would call like the infancy narratives of the gospel accounts, to use the big words. These are connected to the story of Jesus' birth. And so this is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter two. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked this question. Where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. And then the scripture takes a little break, and there's this interlude about King Herod and about what he, like, what he hears in that and his insecurities and desire to you know, assert himself on the throne. And, and then after they, these wise men, had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them till it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, when they saw the child with his mother Mary, they bowed down and worshiped him. And they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so from this little vignette of the wise men, there's a little more here about what worship might look like in our lives this month and what worship can look like for us all year long. And so if we, if we can hold on this, continue to hold on to this idea that this is our, our joyful response to who God is and what he's done, the first part there is seeking. I don't understand what happened in this, that, that these wise men from the east saw a star and they knew it was connected to the birth of the king of the Jews. I've read a lot of things. I've heard different people talk about it. I've listened to some people who, like me, are scratching their head, not really exactly sure how all that came about. And I've read and listened to some people who are really sure they know. So I still land in the mystery side, but these, these wise men, they were exploring in faith. If we could pick up what the shepherds did, they're seeking. There's, there's something here, and they know there's something here. And they don't know exactly what it is, and they don't know exactly what it's gonna look like, but there is a king has been born, and we know and so we're going to figure this out. And so there's this, there's this beautiful exploration in faith. These guys followed a star. They followed a star to find out what would happen. And when that star stopped over the house where Jesus was, they, they bowed down to worship him. And I would just tell you, like, our posture in worship is important. You think about it, this month particularly, the posture, now the first posture that is most important is the posture of your heart. But our physical posture matters too. And so these these wise men who were kings, they represented royal authority, they were wealthy, they came with an entourage, they meet Jesus who is at most a toddler at this point, and they bowed down. And there is, 
There is so much humility in bowing. And we, at least in public, like, we bow our heads, right? We bow our heads when we pray. We bow our heads sometimes when we sing. Sometimes we bow our heads. But like, maybe you wanna take that a step further this month as, as a recognition that this Jesus who is born to us, the Savior who has come to us, he's not just a Savior, he is the Messiah, the Lord, to, to bow. In, maybe it's in the privacy of your own home, in you know, your individual time with the Lord to, to get on your knees or to lay on your face before this one who has been born, not just at this time king of the Jews, but is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And let, and let your physical posture help lead your heart in your response to this Jesus, not just what he's done, but who he is to you. And so this, there's this, this bowing that takes place as, a, as an expression of a joyful response to who God is and what he's done. It's, just, it's an act of submission to, to bend the knee, not just of your heart, but physically to bend your knees to him. And then, and then these wise men, as you know from the story, they give him gifts. They give to him. They give him gold. They give him frankincense. They give him myrrh. Each one of those gifts has a tremendous amount of meaning connected to it. They, they brought with them from where they were to where he is, they brought gifts to give to this king. And, and they gave him significant gifts. And I don't know if you know this or not, and scholars are pretty sure about this because like right after all this happens, Herod, who was upset, insecure, mad about a king of the Jews because Herod was king of the Jews, upset about a king of the Jews being born, Herod send soldiers to go and exterminate in this area where Jesus was to exterminate all the kids, all the baby boys who were two years old and younger. And Joseph and Mary were warned of this in a dream. And scholars believe, historians believe that these gifts from the wise men, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, they were sent, Joseph and Mary and Jesus were sent by God to Egypt so that Jesus was kept safe. These gifts funded that flight into Egypt and provided the way that Joseph and Mary and Jesus were able to live during that time. And as I think about those gifts given at that time, they were given out of a heart of worship, of joyful response to this king of the Jews and they were being used in, in ways, that actually, unless it was Jesus, this is just a very common way to be used. It wasn't some magnificent gesture, it wasn't some great need, it wasn't something that really tugged on the heartstrings, it was a, we give as an act of worship to this one who has been born king of the Jews. And so, and so we have this opportunity during this Christmas season to express our worship, our joyful response to who Jesus is and what he has done by giving to him. And you give to him through the church or through his work in different places in the world here in our community, but we have this beautiful opportunity to give our worship to him through giving from our treasures. So Christmas time is a time for worship. And and again, I don't know where you are in this, but people who walk in darkness get to see a great light. So I'm gonna invite our band to come back out. We're gonna sing together for just a minute.
But during, during the, excuse me, during this song, I'd like you to just kind of reflect on this idea of, of darkness, being in darkness and getting to walk in the light. And a savior has been born to you. And because God has given you salvation, the gift of his son, you get to respond to that. So I'm gonna pray for us, then we're gonna sing. So if you would please bow your head with me. Father, thank you for this gift that you have given to us. And thank you that you desire our response. So we wanna respond rightly to you in this Christmas celebration. Jesus, thank you for your willingness to come, to be with us, to be among us, to give yourself for us. As people who have walked in darkness, we rejoice in your light. And so we pray these things in your name, amen. Light of the world, treasure of heaven, brilliant like the stars in the wintry sky. Joy of the Father, reach through the darkness, shine across the earth, send the shadows to fly.
You guys will be seated for just a minute. So let's grow as worshipers this month. Wherever you are in this, we say, man, I'm brand new to this. And I don't really have any idea what you're talking about when you say that. Like, let's, that's okay. Like, we can take some steps forward in that. It's just our joyful response to who God is and what he's doing. You see, I've been doing this my whole life. Let's grow this month. Let's grow together as worshipers. God's blessing and honor fall on the people who worship him. And so we wanna grow as worshipers this Christmas time. So a couple resources to that end our team's put together for you. Um, we have a Bible reading plan that starts like today, this weekend, tomorrow, and runs up until Christmas. And some days it's a good chunk of scripture and some days it's just a couple of verses, but it's an opportunity for you just to read and to reflect and to, to listen to what God is saying to you and to respond to him in that. And so. 
So if, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, if you didn't have something that you were doing to help lead you and prepare you towards Christmas Day, um, jump in on that plan with us, the Bible reading plan. And the second thing is we've put together a Spotify worship playlist. And it's just a chance for us together as a church to be listening to some of the same things. And you can find those resources a couple different ways. You can go to the front page of our website and click on our Christmas celebration. When you click on the Christmas celebration at Christ Community, it takes you right to the Bible reading plan and the Spotify playlist. Or if you're here in the room, you can use the QR code on that seat back that's in front of you and go to the What's Happening at Christ Community Church. And from that What's Happening page, you'll be able to find that Bible reading plan and also that Spotify worship playlist. And again, it'll give us a chance together to grow as worshipers of Jesus, because Christmas is a time for worshiping him. I'm so excited we get to do that together as a church. So thank you guys for being here to kick off our Christmas celebration. It's been a joy to worship with you, and um, I love you. I'm looking forward to this Christmas celebration. I'll see you next weekend.